When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Did I sound all right? Did I sound like a total, a total, a total bell? Nah, a total bell. Clear as a bell. A clear bell end. <laughs> This week, the group stage is back once again as men are nearly mastered by the hoops in a game marred by the refs' ill behaviour. And Celtic make it 6 out of 6 against Kilmarnock, with Ryan Christie making it 3, and then so does Bruni. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Episode 191 of 20 Minute Tims. How are you, listeners? I am here with my co host, colleague, call it what you want, it's Martin Melly. Not friend, no. No, no, well, we'll see. We'll see after this. <laughs> That's because I always said it was your 50th yesterday, didn't <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that, but, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, I'm your stand-in host, Stephen, and welcome to the, the episode. What Melly just referred to there was his most recent episode of Melly at the Match on Patreon, and that was for Celtic 3, Kilmarnock 1, which we'll talk about first, because it was a, a lovely old time. It was a, a very good game, I thought. Smashing, yes. It was, of course, your birthday it yesterday. Was my, it was my birthday, and Melly thought it would be... Absolutely hilarious to reveal to listeners that I am 50. Absolutely disgraceful slur and I'll take, I'll be taking legal slander. Uh, it's also <laughs> Gilly from the History Boys birthday so it today. Happy birthday well, Gilly, so. of course, yes. yes. Hey, good game, good game. First, we we're going to go with Ren first, but since Jamie, the Tom Rogic of the podcast, <laughs> is not his work. phoned in yeah. sick for his work today, I thought, if we could throw a wee spanner in the work, so I want to talk about Kilmarnock Mixing first. it up, keep the listeners guessing, that's what we're, that's our motto. Go with a win first. <laughs> Good game. Sunday games, sometimes after the European games, yeah, yeah. you're worried. Wasn't too many changes and Cham came in for El Yunusi, but... Why was it one o'clock, by the way? Don't I know, know that this was effectively the Saturday kickoff, but shunted for the Europa League, so it would yeah. normally be a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Why was it one o'clock? Don't know. I, I didn't. Know. I didn't know that till Saturday night when Alistair <laughs> told me. So that could have been embarrassing. But uh, he got up. He got up a bit earlier. Go to the game it means you the rest of the day to go. I thought we played well. The the lineup barely changed. Bauer comes in for his. Uh, First start since what was it, August? No, like? May. He, he started a game for Stoke at the end of, or the start of May there. Again, yeah, 2 2 is Sheffield United, yeah. So that was only really the two changes from the team that Drew and Wren. El Yunusi dropped out and so did El Hamid, but we didn't look tired in the first half. No, no. I thought started well. James Forrest looked like he was on fire. He hit the post, he had a couple of shots blocked, and he thought if MD's going to open the score, and it'd be him, but. For Kilmarnock to open the scoring just against the run of play, caught in the counter-attack, could have maybe been defended a bit yeah. better, but absolutely smashing finish. And when that went in, it was 
you would normally be a bit worried, like, oh, is today going to be the day we drop points? But it never felt like that. No. Because we just kept playing and playing. Well, Kilmarnock are something of an unknown quantity this season for Celtic, but this is the first time we've played them since Steve Clark left yeah. for Scotland, obviously. So they've picked up a little bit of form since then because they started really poorly and everyone was jumping on yeah. the, the new manager's case. But the, prior to this game, they were unbeaten in four. I think they'd won three of the last four games going into this. So it yeah. was a tough game on the on paper. Yeah, they beat Hibs and, uh, as we were saying yesterday, it's, it's basically the same players that are still there it's the yeah. same core of the team maybe if Steve Clark was in charge and they had to get that 1-0 up it may have been a bit different yeah, they'd be, be able to see it out but Celtic just kept playing their game they kept going and kept going and even when it was getting to half time you're sort of having a wee glance up at the clock we got a goal at the perfect time and it was no less than we deserved because we should have been ahead at the break Kamarnock could have been a bit of a Bogey team might be quite strong, but they've done well against Celtic in the last couple of years. Even when Celtic or Rogers, the Celtic managed to beat Kilmarnock, it was generally only by the odd goal here. Yeah, there, managed, there was that five-one game yeah, in December, which was which was a great a great game. In fact, if you remember, uh, that was the game we picked for the charity thing, where we counted the amount of times the commentary team said "wonderful" and then, <laughs> and then gave a pound to charity for everyone. So but that was that game. Pound? Yeah, I was. <laughs> so that was that game. So it's. As I say, bogey team's a bit strong, but they have done extremely well against Celtic. Clark had a great record against yeah. Brendan Rodgers. Um, so it was it was a good start for Celtic, I thought. Um, Christie had a couple of chances early on. Forrest hit the post. Forrest, yeah. who was excellent in this game, playing on the left. I'm normally not a fan of him playing the left, but he's not really an out-and-out winger when he plays on the left. He, he drifts inside quite a lot and drifts into kind of auxiliary number 10 role at times, and that's that's where he kind of found himself for that shot hitting the post. But just last week we were talking about how Forrest is never rested. He plays absolutely every game, almost every minute of every game really, but I think we said that he never looks as if he's wearing it. He, he doesn't never looks out of fitness or, or looks like he's struggling. And sure enough, he, he didn't have the greatest game against Wren during the week, which we'll talk about a wee bit later. But he didn't have a bad game. He was just maybe not no. quite as effective as we'd expect and from Forrest. And he won Forrest. the penalty they got. Yeah, the of course. Point. But he was he was absolutely brilliant against Kilmarnock, I thought. Oh, he was. He started off great. Christie was out on the right-hand side, which not a fan of. But mm. it, it didn't really affect how we were playing because we were, we were taking them apart. Bowling goalie was... Him and Forrest linked well down that left-hand side. That that did work well. On the other side, Bauer did get forward quite a bit supporting. It was just a matter of time before we scored, and it was a lovely goal. Yeah. You said it the other week, maybe getting these crosses in, it's just not Edward's <laughs> game. Yeah. But it was a delicious ball in from Forrest. Brilliant, a left-footed cross from yep. Forrest, yeah. And uh, it was a good play down the left. Delicious ball in, and... That's where you want your striker, right in the goal, middle of the goal, header downward, keeper's got no chance because that keeper, he, he's a good player and football manager, that's how I know. Is it Juventus he's on loan from? Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? So uh, he'd made a couple of cracking saves already and he'd go on to make further good saves in the second half, but brilliant Edward right before half time, takes the wind out of their sails, gets the fans right behind us again and once we get that goal, you just knew in the second half we'd come out flying. First headed goal? For Celtic from Odson Edward, just just after I was talking about how it's not the best, <laughs> it's the best strategy to get the best out of Edward. I prefer through balls yep. to, for Edward to get on to instead of crosses on his head. Turns out he got both and scored from both, so that'll be me shutting up. It's after something that. I think he, he has improved on. This is obviously his first goal with his head, but we've seen in the Ren game, his hold up play and his ability in the air, airily, he's, he's come on a lot. Yeah. And look, he was. 
Last season was probably his first season where he's the full number nine, the, the first choice striker. And he just seems to be coming on game in game. It's brilliant to watch. In Kilmarnock, that was it was the sixth time Celtic have gone behind this season in all competitions. In every single one of them, Celtic have drawn level without conceding again, so they've never gone too behind in any game. And in all but two of those occasions, Cluj was one, which I think we can agree was just an aberration, yeah. an absolute disaster of a game. And Wren, who are obviously a good team, Celtic have managed to get the game level within 11 minutes. So in all of those, apart from those two games, they're back in on level terms within 11 minutes. So even if they do go down, which is fairly rare, they go right back after it and manage to get it back on almost every occasion. Yeah, there's something I was thinking about today. Neil Lennon said on Thursday night at the Wren game, look, there's going to be bad things are going to happen in this game. It's how we deal with them. Yeah. And maybe it's a difference between Rodgers and Lennon. Rodgers was obviously more methodical yeah. and thought we could play out if something goes wrong. But Neil Lennon's got the mentality that he has been a player. He's been a Celtic player. He's played in the Champions League. He's won leagues. He knows exactly what it takes and he knows the yeah. exact mentality. So I think Lennon's more drumming in this mentality. If you go a goal down, it's up to you to react from it because we've seen in previous seasons Celtic were always slow to react or if they went a goal down, right, that was the thing, in, yeah. Yeah, or that was the thing that spurred them on. Whereas now we just keep going. Yeah, we we'll go when that goal down, and we didn't change anything drastically. We just kept going because we knew we'd get back into it. The goal came out and nothing. Yeah, and we got a goal playing well. It can be the thing that spurs them on when they go behind, or it can be as we've talked about so many times. Five minutes go past, and suddenly the heads are down, and they're conceding another one. But this doesn't happen. But no. I know it's early days, and I don't. I'm not really interested in the the Lennon versus Rogers thing. We can maybe have a talk about that at the end of this season or maybe in a couple of seasons' time, but it's clear that in the limited sample we've got, it, it doesn't happen to Celtic even in European games, which again, we'll talk about a wee bit later on, but as I say, the, the stats bear out that Celtic go back after it and are very good at getting back on level terms this season. Yeah, I think it helps as well that we're starting to see a, a settled sort of team. Yeah. If you were picking the team... Our strongest team is probably the team that started in Wren. You'd maybe, yeah, maybe a wee shout for Mikey Johnson if he was in over Elianusi, but Elianusi might turn out to be the better player. We don't know yet, but the back four was good. And then just two changes in this game. I think it was the best idea to get this game one. We can make the changes on Wednesday night against Comar, uh, Partick Thistle, and then we can bring everybody back in against uh, Hibs the next Saturday. Cause I think that'll be a bit tougher, but keeping that sort of core of players together playing because they're all playing well they're all doing well and just one or two changes to keep it fresh I think it was the best way to go about it as he says right on the stroke of half time 44 minutes yes. Edward had scored so half time arrives nice wee appearance from Fergus McCann oh yes didn't Fer- expect that Fergus McCann on the pitch at half time I don't think a better reception from one of those previous times he's been on the pitch where he yeah. get a little bit, a little bit of booze. But disappointed just- in this one last time uh, when he was on the pitch at the start of the game was it Dundee United under Dyla? Mind, mind the game we won 5 not 5 1. Right, yeah. I think it might have been that game, but he, he walked up over the north stand and walked right up the stairs at my bit and got to shake his hand. Oh, right, nice yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying now, I think uh, it's not it's not as um, disputed as it once was, maybe about 20 years ago. I think Fergus McCann does go down as one of the most important figures in Celtic's history. We had a conversation on, I think, one of the Patreon episodes where we were asked to give our sort of Celtic Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And, and I made the case for Fergus McCann. I don't think he quite made it in um, because he was more more businessy than, than kind of football guy. But I think, I still think like, 
I mean, it, it's no exaggeration to say it, no Fergus McCann, no club. No, yep. Who knows what would have happened? We'd be sitting here. In fact, the biggest uh, consequence that could have come, come out of it would be no 20-minute terms. <laughs> We'd be sitting here doing a Joker Athletic <laughs> podcast or something. <laughs> Claybag, mate. Uh, Claybag, I suppose. Uh, we do them a lot, and we can just look across the city and see... The Rangers, as they're called yeah. now, what they went through, and no matter what they say, the simple comeback is you let your club die or your club died, and th- yeah. that's what we can't ever be hit with that. So it's down to Fergus. Fergus, he's nearly 80 now. Yeah. It's obviously 25 years since he saved the club, and it's weird, he still just looks exactly the same. I can't really picture Fergus Brown ever having looked younger than 80. No, no. <laughs> obviously, at half time, Neil Lennon said after the game that. Kamarnock were flattered by one each. I yeah, think that that bears out. I mean, there's and another day it could have been much more. Ayer missed an absolute sit in the first half at the back post. Yeah, James yeah. Forrest could have had three or four in the first half. It, it could have been altogether different, but it was a different a different half for the second half. Obviously, Celtic went out and scored after five minutes of the second half. And that was an absolutely great move. Oh, for that started out in the left. Yeah, with goal and left hand side uh, throw in and worked it all the way across and. Look, this team, they've got a bit of everything. They can pass the ball, they can get it forward quickly. They've still got a bit of Rodgers in them. Then that probably won't leave because Neil Lennon's not going to tell them not to pass the ball because that's when Celtic look their best. Yeah. But it's quicker. It's yeah, quicker. It's, but we can be patient as well and we just worked it right from the left, right across to the uh, right-hand side, down the right, Bauer cuts in and it's a lovely wee reverse yeah, ball. Yeah. And, you wonder, is it getting a bit too wide for a striker? Not one Edwards quality, just slots no. it under the keeper. And see, to be fair, when he got went through like that, you just wait, you're just you waiting for it to hit yeah. the net. A lot of strikers, you would worry, would lash at that or try and smash it across. Do something, but he just sort of rolled it under the keeper calmly. And it's a keeper that was bang on form. We said that with the Rangers game. Alan McGregor pretty much did his job yeah. for that goal. He came out and closed the space down, but Edward is incredibly good at finding the ball-shaped hole. If there's, <laughs> if there's one to be found, the odds on Edward finds it seemingly every time. I can't remember the last time he went through, got flustered, hit the keeper, a la Samaras, or blazed it over the back. He never does it. He always just finds that bit of space. And I'm not talking about the space in which to run into. I'm talking about the space that the ball fits through to get yeah. under that keeper. It just seems like every time now. He's finishing top-notch, and uh, we're just lucky to have him right now. Yeah. But, well, Wednesday night he might get a rest and then he'll go again but he's just in serious form now two goals yesterday played quite well got man of the match which I wouldn't disagree with but if James Forrest had a score I'd have probably given it to him we talked about Moritz Bauer on the Scouting Report podcast we yeah. did for Patreon as well where we had a look at his strengths and weaknesses and what we kind of came to the conclusion was that he's willing to get involved going forward but doesn't necessarily have the greatest of final balls Sure proved that wrong with this one because yep. that was, his final ball there was reminiscent of you remember McNamara's ball for Craig Burley oh, in the nineteen ninety eight yeah season absolutely brilliant ball just a lovely wee reverse pass through but I thought Bowers' performance happy with that it's obviously his first full start and he hasn't started a game as we talked about since May so it's going to take him a wee while whether he gets a run he is in a position now where I don't think he will get a run of games. He's just going to have to get used to coming in and having to perform maybe once every third game or two games and then back out again. Yeah. It'll just depend what what's happening with El Hamid. Also, Neil Lennon was keen to remind us 
in his interview that we've got O'Connor and Frimpong as well now, so he he brought them up himself, so he's obviously keen for us to be aware that these guys have a part to play, so it's not going to be a case of getting a run of games for Bauer, it's just going to be a case of performing when he's called upon, and he definitely did that here. Yes, El Hamid's got the jersey, but we're a bit short at centre-half, so he might get moved inside during the week uh, against Fissel, and it's another chance for Bauer to play in Fissel and build up that match fitness. As you're saying, He's probably not first choice, but on Saturday he did himself no harm. One of the no. everybody was good, I thought, but a really good performance from a guy that's not played a lot of football. He did get forward. That was a lovely reverse pass, and he did put in some decent balls as well. Yeah, he, decent crosses. He was yeah. non-stop up and down there, so it was good to see. Good defensively as well. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about fullbacks. A surprise one. We got Scott Brown towards the end, but we'll come, <laughs> we'll come on to that in a minute. Christopher Julian thought he had another assured performance. He's just unfortunately been off injured. I thought he he just adds an entirely new dimension to Celtic's defence. And we talk about being able to move the ball quickly and in different ways. His passing, I think, is going to prove invaluable because he's comfortable passing the ball. Sometimes overhits it. There was one or tw- once or twice when he, he overhit it towards Bauer going out to the right-hand side, but it's because he's always trying to make something happen, and yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that. If he's looking for incisive balls, it doesn't have to be through the middle. It can be over the top. If if he's trying them, I've got absolutely no problem with him overhitting a couple because once or twice that's going to really work. We did. I thought he was played well. He sawed yeah. throughout, but there was one point in the game where the ball went down a right, right back position and he was running over to sort of usher it out against a Kilmarnock player right. and that's when you've seen the lack of pace from him that yeah. was the only thing that see to be fair that's his weakness Yeah, and we can't you can't really work up on that but he's obviously had that his whole career so he'll have ways of working around it it's just Aye. because everything was pushed so far forward the ball went over and you just seen the weakness the guy went past him he never, never got anywhere but you just seen up in a, a race with somebody he isn't the quickest but no. everything else he was smashing it and at his age and his his age and physicality that's not coming you're right no. he's not going to get quicker between 26 and 33 than he is between 19 and 26 so that, that's I think we can forget about him getting quicker but we often talk about that it's it's not the end of the world there are ways to play where speed isn't necessarily so much of a hindrance you, yep. you can be more effective in positioning you can be just more aware yeah, it makes him he's, uh, the rest of his game more rounded. He's got Christopher Ayer but beside him, who is who is quick, and he did well as well. And uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday, the whole defence, I thought, was really good. Bowling goalie, again, the first half, got forward but cut inside a bit. Yeah. And then I noticed when he was in the second half, when he was over on Lennon's side of the pitch, he Shown stayed off. out wide. <laughs> he stayed out wide. He didn't cut in. Bowling goalie, I thought was great. Uh, I've I've totally changed my mind on him. I'm surprised I'm still, to see him start. Yeah, after going exactly. Off. I think we we were surprised at that. Not only did he pick up the injury against Ren, but he's obviously got really like fierce competition now. Yeah. Greg Taylor obviously hasn't played. He'll he'll get his chance, but just on Greg Taylor he was about to come on that's the second time we've been robbed of a debut like that since yeah. remember Bio was yep. about to come on against Hibs last season and then they just changed them or something happened which meant he couldn't come on so he had to sit back down same with Greg, same with Greg Taylor and that felt bad for him yeah he was ready to go but they changed it about it was unlucky with the injury but these things all happen won't they especially playing the two games two games in a week which we'll be doing for the foreseeable future Another goal from Christie though, his 10th of the season, um, sweeping in after 
Forrest probably should have scored. We're talking about rare headers from Edward. How when's it been since Forrest's last scored a header? Know, it was a good cross from Bowen Goalie as yep. well. Got down the line. Uh, Forrest was out in the left, drifted inside. Good header, but cracking save from the keeper. Yep. And that's what you want. You want if fullbacks crossed it, you want your winger in there getting on it, and you want your other winger or attack midfielder getting in there to put in rebounds. And we seem to be getting a lot of players forward into the right positions. There's a lot of we. We rebounds, yeah. balls breaking, and we've got players there to finish it. It's a good, good way because we don't. I hate to see people make passes and then just look at their pass and think that oh, was a great pass. I want the pass made, and I want <laughs> yeah. you getting forward. I don't want you thinking, admiring it. Yeah, admiring your own pass, and that's what we do, Christy. You said they hadn't scored since close up till the yeah yeah after it scored what about seven in about nine games or something like the start of the season and he hasn't scored since closure and he gets a goal there it's basically a tap in but that sealed the game he did well to get it in right enough yeah. he was on his weaker foot and it was a kind of an awkward bounce for him I know he was right on the line but he still had to get it over the line somehow and it was it bounced up back in an awkward height for him he's been brilliant this season but yeah. what I will say is he needs to cut out that diving because he's Aye. going to get himself a reputation and it's going to cost him probably I'm, getting a penalty soon I'm a bit scunnered with that as well because it, it was a blatant dive and he got booked for it now not all bad because I have predicted them to get um, in my bold predictions at the start of the season I predicted that he would get double figures and bookings <laughs> so he's starting to creep up there as well but no in all seriousness I don't I don't really like to see it I think Celtic are a bit above not above it but I think there are ways to beat Kamala where you don't have to you don't really need to have to resort to that no. I know, I know it's, I know it's just part of the game, really. I, I don't want to come across all Andy Walker here. I know you need to <laughs> do it on occasion, but nah, it could, it could be doing a cut now. Yeah, it's it's just long term. If he, he's starting to get noticed for it, so like the boy who cried wolf, if he does it too many times, then he goes down for a penalty and doesn't get it. He can't really have any complaints. The Ashley Young who cried wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest hit the bar as well. Again, Forrest, like we. He could have had four or five goals. How he didn't score in this now, Forrest is in hot scoring form, has been pretty much all season, but how he managed to not score in this game is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he must even, have had more chances than the rest of the season. Even the, the shots he took, none of them were terrible misses. No, no. They were all good saves or unlucky. And the one that hit the bar in the second half made me look like a bit of plum because I stood <laughs> up and shouted when he hit it because I thought that was in and then it just clipped the bar as I like, sat down. Oh. <laughs> Slowly sit back down your seat. <laughs> pretend you pretend you're the sword back. Bowling goalie, yeah. I thought I thought bowling goalie was excellent. I thought particularly in his build up play for the for Edward's second goal, him and the champ played some lovely stuff out in the left and I've already talked about that. But as I started saying, I've I've totally gone back in my opinion of him. Although in my defence, I hadn't really formed an opinion. I was really only going on what I'd seen so far, and it wasn't a lot. I think in the first eight, ten games of the season, I was like, I'm not sure about this guy. But in fairness, three or four games in a row now, he's, he's definitely looked apart. Yeah, as he said himself after the Ibrox game, he's got his confidence back, he's settled in, and we're starting to see more of him going forward, which is what we wanted. We've seen the good defensive displays against Rangers and Wren, but in these games against Kilmarnock, he's got to get forward, and he did set up a goal. He was decent throughout. Still want him to stay wide. He still, he still does take the easy route sometime and play it yeah. inside. But at the end of the day, that's better than him losing the ball. Yeah, so I, if I, he's going, if he has to do that, it's fine. But I still feel he can stretch your legs and get past players. I just want to see a bit more of that. But 
see if he's working himself into this and we'll, we'll see it soon enough. Yeah, and it's, it goes back to what I was saying about Julian. If Bowling Goalie is cutting inside, taking the easy pass and, and misplacing a pass, that's that's what annoys people. Yeah. But if he's going forward and trying to make things happen, taking players on and maybe just being crowded out, I think people are more forgiven of that kind of thing. Much like Julian, if he's playing passes forward, looking to make things happen, me, I can only speak for myself. I'm okay with that. If he loses the ball, same with Bowling Goalie. If he's if he's getting forward, I'm I'm happy for him to lose the ball on occasion. If he's if he's doing what he's out there to do, yeah, that's fine. The, the only worry from this game was when we got the injury to Julian, when Bauer had to go off, the substitution sort of disrupted the game. We had to make a lot of changes. Yeah. Scott Brown, El Hamid came on at right back, then went in at centre half. Scott Brown went to right back, and it was all a bit disjointed, but the last 15 minutes was really sloppy. Mm-hmm. And I know the subs played the part in that. Tom Rogic came on and said yesterday at Melee the match that it looks painful, him running. It looks absolutely painful. There was a bit where he, he could have went clean through, but the guy just got a bit of pace and caught up with him. But the last 15 minutes, Lennon was going nuts because the passing was sloppy. Yeah. The players looked a bit leggy, a bit tired. and That is understandable, but it just let Kilmarnock creep into a game that they were never in despite getting the opening goal. And when the penalty came, wasn't so much coming, but you feel they were going to get a chance because... We'd let it get a bit open, we'd let it get a bit sloppy and a midfield free of Rogic, Christie and McGregor wasn't ideal for that last 15 minutes where yeah. we're just trying to, could it, we could have managed the game better, which was not a criticism I'd had on Thursday night because we'd managed that game really well towards yeah. the end, but uh, Sunday, I'll just put it down to fatigue. But Three in 15 games, what stat do you think that is? Is it penalties? It's penalties conceded by Scott Brown. Oh, so. it's poor, isn't it? Is that so, this, this season? Yeah, so oh. if he continues that, if you spread that out over the course of a season, if you assume Celtic are going to play 60 games, that means Scott Brown is going to personally concede 12 penalties this season. 12? <laughs> Obviously not going to work out like that, but, <laughs> but three is quite a lot for this stage of the season, and it was, I know we joked about, about it a wee bit earlier on, he went to right back. First time, is that first time Scott Brown's been seen at fullback since that fateful day Mowbray dumped him at left back oh, all those years ago? Him and McGee did at So he goes, goes to right back, and within what, 90 seconds or something like that, he's conceded a penalty from his own bad touch as well. Yeah. I, again, it, it just, I agree with you, I think it just got in a bit, a bit sloppy, a wee bit leggy towards the end and mistakes started happening and this was a big one. Yeah, there was a few. Johnny Hayes came on as well and he was just a bit slow. I don't know what it is about Johnny Hayes, right? <laughs> he's so fast, yeah, he is, but man. when he's got the ball, his touches are chronic. Hmm. There was one he went up the line and these touches were going all over the place. Neil Lennon was going mental at him because he gave the ball away sloppily, which led to a Kilmarnock attack. I don't know if he just needs to relax because he would never look like that for Aberdeen. He looked yeah. like a really good player, but maybe it's just a lack of game time and he's been thrown on 10, 15 minutes here and there. But sometimes he looks faster than the ball. At yeah. times. Like sometimes he takes touches far too far ahead of him or sometimes he basically just runs ahead of the ball. But it's quite funny. I remember on the the scouting report podcast we did, I started talking about the strength of the fullback positions and I said, well, look, something terrible would need to happen for us to see emergency fullbacks now. We're well stocked in every position. We've got Bauer, we've got El Hamid, we've got these young guys coming in, we've got Taylor, we've got Ball and Golly. Since I said that, <laughs> we've had 
Hayes at left back and Scott Brown at right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bad luck, isn't it? Yeah. We just had a good few injuries. Probably is something we'll need to address in uh, January. We were a bit short at centre-half. But you never mm. know if Jozo comes back by then. But I wasn't sure at the game if it was a definite penalty. Yeah, it was the crowd, uh, Being in the crowd, it was quite far away. But it was a silly one. I don't feel he had to go to ground. No, um, and it's something we're going to talk about in the rain game as well for a very similar incident. But it, it was a penalty. It did clip him and it was just inside the box as well. Um, didn't matter though because Foster saved yet another penalty for Celtic. Yeah. Was that 34 career penalties, 13 saved. 13 saved, nine of which have been for Celtic. Yeah, that's as incredible. As, that's absolutely unbelievable. We've got it's one extreme to another because maybe unfairly we talked a lot on this podcast about how Craig Gordon just simply doesn't save them. It did one or two, right? It has had saved one or two for Celtic, but the opposite end of the spectrum to that is Fraser Foster. It's it's almost like you, you're confident. I've spoken a few times on this about how a penalty isn't supposed to be 50-50. Yep. It's supposed to be a, a bonus. An for, yeah, an advantage for the striker. It's a punishment for the defending team. But it, that's not how it feels with Foster because you've got such confidence that he is at least... At least a 50-50 chance of yep. saving them. Just due to the sheer size of the man as well. But that's doing him a disservice because he's a very good shot stopper when it comes to the penalties as well. It's not a case of just standing there and the ball will hit you. That would be unfair on him. No, no, there's obviously technique behind it. And as you said, I just had a feeling he'd save it. And I just had a feeling and with Gordon, with Bain and the close game and they get a pair. I never had no. that feeling. Foster, he's got that presence about him where we've seen it before in the past. We've already seen it this season against Hearts where he saved yeah. the penalty, they scored the rebound, but it wasn't as if it was a terrible penalty. It was a decent enough penalty. Could have been a lot better, obviously. And getting that goal at that time, it would have been it would have been on a shaky peg for yeah. the game. Kamarnock probably wouldn't have got the equaliser, but they'd have put balls into the box and with a makeshift defence, it wasn't what we needed and that just, that just sealed the game and killed it completely didn't give Kilmarnock any more time to get another goal we just we sort of seen it out but it just shows you goalkeeper we didn't feel was a massive no not at all massive thing that needed address but bringing Foster in has been a masterstroke because he has made a massive difference and it probably helps the defence as well knowing that guy's behind you and it will help the whole team because when the other team are stepping up to take a penalty Plays in their minds as well. <laughs> it does, uh, so he's two, saved two penalties already for Celtic in a month since then. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably better than Craig Gordon's entire six years record. Or whatever 100% record so far. Two penalties <laughs> saved them both. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Welcome back, big man. Uh, well, that, that is why he's known as Le Grand Muriel around the world, isn't it? I like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also on Edward, man of the match. Debatable between him and Forrest. They got the important goals, of course, but I thought Forrest was well in there for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight over it, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over which brilliant player got man of the no. match, but uh, both of them were, were in for a shout and Edward got it. Uh, Edward running out of ways to I feel like we do this all the time, where someone's in such good form we struggle to talk about the guy because we're just repeating ourselves, but struggling to talk about it's on it. <laughs> I'm even struggling to say his name. <laughs> struggling to talk about odds on Edward in any way that's original now. The guy's just absolutely flying. He's obviously he's in focus just now because he's started doing exactly what Dembele did and scoring for France under twenty one. Yep. So if you kindly pack that in for a wee while, <laughs> that would be ideal. He's he's absolutely brilliant. He's just a level above uh, last night when I got home I watched the Leon PSG game. Oh yeah, yeah. Bit of mousse in there. Decent, but you can see 
Edward, obviously we don't want him to go, no, no, we'd never want to sell him, but you can see him moving on to that level because he wasn't outstanding in the game, but he gets two goals again. Yeah. He just gets two goals, two chances, buries the ball for them. Not that he had a bad game in the slightest, but if you're, you're expecting a striker gets two goals, what really good game. Just does his job, does everything good. There was one he danced right through where he could have maybe slotted it to somebody or taken the shot a bit yeah. earlier. But he uh, just held on to that bit too long and it didn't quite get his shot away properly. But you can see him, he's got a bit of everything. He's probably a more well-rounded player than Dembele. So that was it. Six out of six for Celtic. Neil Lennon described it as superb. Yeah. Um, yeah so he's absolutely delighted with the performance yet again. He's been a pretty happy guy of late, Lennon. Yeah, rightly so, because coming off the back of that Ren game, an away trip, coming to Kilmarnock, who we know are a decent defensive team, it was. It wasn't as if we scraped the victory. No. If anything, they didn't deserve the goal they got. It was completely against the run of play. And even before and after that, we were brilliant. The from about the second half up to about seventy minutes, it was some great football. That, as we spoke about, the second goal was a peach. And we just looked like we could cut them open at any opportunity. Yeah. Whereas previous teams, previous times we played up against that pretty much same defence bar. Himalayan, I think his name is, coming in for Greg Taylor. We've struggled to break them down. A good midfield as well, Kilmarnock. Power and Dicker yeah. are both capable players. Power had a really good game, I thought. At times, he was obviously he's not in the top five of midfielders that was on the pitch, such as Celtics, but missed the penalty, obviously. Yeah. But I thought I thought he had some nice touches. But Kilmarnock uh, are no joke. They're not, not the team they were last season, but I, th- I think it was a good performance, a creditable win for Celtic. Nice wee midfield, isn't it? Power Dicker. <laughs> Oh dear. One thing that was good about uh, Hodgson Edward getting man of the match, you got to see the wee post-match interview where Bower and him were doing <laughs> oh, yeah. it and Bower was his wee interpreter because he didn't understand. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, Bower like, speaks something like five languages or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he speaks French, which would have been handy had he played against the, uh, the week's other opponents, which was Ron, yep. Rennes, Stade René, uh, Celtic away to Stade Rennes in the Europa League. Group stages are back, and it was, I thought that was an excellent performance, an excellent result. We talked a wee bit recently about how, you know, you don't want to count your chickens really, but if you can plan for getting away draws in these or these group stages, then you're you're setting yourself up really well. And I think that could have been on paper the toughest game we'll face. Yeah, get out th- of the way early because Lazio don't look as good as as their name suggests. No, no, I think if people are looking at their history and thinking yeah. they're a bit better. Obviously, they get beat by Cluj that night. Maybe Cluj are a bit better than we, yeah. we, we possibly think. I don't. I mean, it'll be. We'll find out the next two games. That's better than scoring four at Celtic Park, <laughs> are we? <laughs> we'll find out the next two games. Good result against Lazio. They obviously beat us four three. But Celtic, I thought going into this game, I thought we could beat narrowly, but I never expected us to get demolished. Yep. And that's a nice feeling going into a, a European away game against a very very good team, yeah. thinking we're not going to get demolished here, we're going to be stodgy, we're going to be difficult to break down, but we can score as well. And I thought we were fine the whole first half, bar the 30 seconds of Ayer just yeah, having but... a complete meltdown. We were fine. We obviously gave up chances, that's going to happen. We could have scored ourselves with uh, the ball across from bowling goalie again getting forward, a great dummy from Edward and El Yunusi, maybe in two or three weeks after a couple more games, he's a yard, half a yard ahead and yeah. he slides that home. So I thought it was fine. 
the team sort of picked itself as well. It was the strongest team. Unchanged we from Hamilton, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, on the chances, it it didn't seem like we we watched this together for the match companion yep. on Patreon. Uh, so we got together and watched it here. But on the chances, it was even. Uh, I'm just looking at just now. Shots seven to Ren, eight to Celtic, two each shots on target. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was a lot of chances in the game, and that that kind of that proves that. Yeah, we blown by the fact that the two goals were both penalties as yeah, well, wasn't it? Either way, but it was a good good display. And Ren are a good team. It was quite a hostile atmosphere. Their fans mm. towards the end when the ref New lost enemies. It. Yep, Love that's it. what I want more enemies. <laughs> uh, so it was a good result and. We got, again, went the goal down, Aya. I don't know what he's playing at. It's just silly. We spoke about it the other night. People can say it's a young guy making a mistake, but it doesn't matter what age you are. That's unforgivable yeah. because he's tugging him, he's getting wrong side, and then he slides in with the wrong foot. He just made a complete mess of it, and he knew it straight away. You could yeah. tell in the look of his face. The thing that Aya is, I mean, we've defended him an awful lot. I think we're both big fans of him and we've gone to bat for him in this podcast many times. Yep. I think he's a, a really cracking defender, but the f- I'm not quite as willing to just dismiss it as he's a young guy learning the position anymore because he's he's been in Scotland and Scottish football for quite a long time now. I know, I know he still is young like on, on the clock, right? I know he's only 21 years old, but this is where it comes down to experience as it pertains to age or versus miles on the clock. And I has got plenty of the latter. He's He's been in Scotland and he's made over 100 appearances, whether that's for Kamarmuk, for Celtic and Celtic in Europe. Back in Astana days, he was a young, inexperienced yeah. defender playing next to Nier Beton. That's not the case anymore. He's got international caps. He's been playing for Celtic in Europe. He's, he's done an awful lot at this time. Now, I'm not saying he's the complete defender and he can't get better, but what I would say is that he has to stop doing reckless things. Again, what I've been saying about Julian bowling goalie, if he's doing his job and he makes mistakes, that's fine. If Ayer makes a mistake while trying to start a move, if he misplaces a pass, that's fine. But what isn't as forgivable is just making reckless decisions in his own box and he needs to cut that out now. Yeah, it's, we've always said, Jamie's always said that he goes to ground a bit too easy. He's right, in fairness, yeah. I know we all have a joke about Jamie being the guy who slagged Dyer and it's not actually, it's not really that accurate, he just voiced concerns yeah. along these lines and, and he, he is right. Yeah. He has changed his mind on yeah. him, but that is just, it's just silly because all he has to do is usher the guy down the line, yeah. show him away from the goal it's not as if he's going anywhere. It's just just one of those ones where you don't know what he's thinking. You don't know why he's done it. And he, he knew straight away it is something he's going to have to iron out his game. But now that he's done it, that, that has to be it for him because sometimes you'll get away with it in Scotland. It won't go down. But when you're up against better players, when the level goes up, you get punished and he got punished then. So I'm sure he'll learn from it now. It's always something, even when he's ushering players away, He's always a bit too eager for me to get his foot in and get his foot round where he can yeah. just usher them away. He can't always get the ball, so it's just something he'll have to he'll have to take on board now because he's made the mistake. It mm. cost his team when we could have got in at half time nil nil. Jamie said when we were watching the game, we look comfortable here. Seconds later, he does something stupid like that <laughs> it was, when uh, it was totally unnecessary. They weren't yeah. they were in our box, but they weren't going anywhere. We could. I was looking at the clock, thinking, oh. It was 10 minutes to half time, we could get half time. We're looking good here. He's put his foot on the team in the back foot for no real reason, yeah. and it was so unnecessary. There are mistakes, and there are mistakes. If yeah. he had 
if he had been done for pace or done with a wee trick and he just clipped the guy's heels and gone and he's gone down, right, okay, I can deal with that. But while it might have happened in a bit of a flash in real time, he's got one hand in the shirt, one hand on the guy's arm. So he's already made two bad decisions yeah. in the space of like three hundreds of a second, right? So made two bad decisions. Then he goes to the ground and then he swings his leg over knowing that he's not going to get the ball. So in essence, there are four bad decisions in almost one movement when he does it. Again, I don't want to get on his case because I'm a big fan of him and I think he's a good defender, but I just I would like him to to lose this heroic defender yeah. streak and just and just go about his business a wee bit smarter. Look, we've all made four four mistakes in a second. It happens. <laughs> Everybody's done stupid stuff. So as long yeah. as he's moves on, learns from it, takes it on board. The thing is that they are few and far between. This isn't a weekly occurrence no, for no. Ayer. I think I don't want to overreact and I don't want to jump on a pylon with Ayer. The last mistake I can really remember him making was in about February when it gets sent off away to St Johnston, I think it was. He got a red card no. for a dodgy touch in his own box and then brought the guy down trying to recover it. Again, it's fine. It happens when you're a young defender learning the position, but I'm less inclined to give him that leeway anymore as he becomes he's an important player for Celtic now he's no he's no 18 and he's no in and out of the team he, this guy plays pretty much every week and he I just I'd like him to just learn yeah <laughs> well, he, this, you know? that's it he's done it now yeah. he's made the mistake he can't be doing it again he can't be doing it again at this level because you do get punished and Fraser Foster he said yeah he saved two penalties in the league but didn't really have much chance with this one, did he? No, no, definitely not. The guy he had a wee stutter step as well. Yeah. Which, I mean, Foster, in the penalty against Kilmarnock, Foster was already moving to the side that Power took the penalty to. He was already moving before he took it and he just kind of lost his nerve and put it straight into Foster. This was the opposite. The guy just sort of gave him the eyes and made Foster move first rather than the other way around. Um, the game itself... I thought I thought Celtic were very good. There was maybe a wee bit. I think you said on the match companion that was a quite a lot of sloppy passes to begin with. Yeah, but there was a lot of that's down to increased level of opposition. Ren are, are a good team, and I think it might just sound like, like really obvious and sweeping stuff here. But when you go into Europe, what's all, quite often overlooked is you come up against teams that much like Celtic, are used to winning games. The reason they've qualified for yeah. Europe wasn't an accident. They've qualified for Europe because they're good in their domestic competition. And where that differs from Barcelona and PSG, Man City, is Ren aren't a team that are used to sweeping teams aside because they're much better and much more moneyed than anyone else. They've had to fight to get where, yeah. where they are. And that brings with it a mentality that, that you would expect Celtic to have going into these European games. So it is a factor that Ren, Ren are going into this game much like Celtic, used to winning games and I thought it was a really, for those reasons and many others, a, a quite an even contest really. Yeah, it's, it's always why we always say get through the first 10-15 minutes because yeah. you have to adjust. We went from playing, in my opinion, the worst team ever, well not ever, but <laughs> the worst possible team in Hamilton right, at the worst I... possible stadium on the worst possible pitch to go into a way to Wren. Yeah. The levels from that, it's it's basically a different sport. Aye, aye. So Hamilton, it's just everything. It's the speed of pl- play, the speed of feet, the speed of thought. Rens are levels and levels and levels above Hamilton. Indeed. And that is why maybe we do get caught early on in games and there is sort of wee sloppy passes. But as soon as we settled into the game, we were fine. We were yeah. fine. This, the way Neil Lennon plays... 
it suits us a lot better away from home in Europe. We defend when we have to defend, and when we get forward, we still get forward in numbers, and we did look dangerous at times. As much as there was a lack of chances in the game, I thought that was because it was down to, it basically bore out as a midfield battle. Yeah. I think Brown and McGregor deserve credit for that. They weren't most necessarily the most visible of players in the game, but they, they get through an awful lot of dirty work in that. Oh, in order to, they must have been bogging yeah, after the, the filthy work they got <laughs> through was brilliant. In order to give Celtic any kind of platform on which to build, they, they were absolutely crucial in that game. Yeah, and we've seen it with El Hammond's more of a defensive fullback yeah. as well. He was just solid throughout, but... When he gets forward, he's got a wee bit of skill. A wee, he can he yeah, knock yeah. the ball down the right-hand side past a few players. He just looks like a real good player. Bowling goalie was fine. The back four all played well, apart from Ayers, one wee mishap. You're happy with Fraser Foster and Scott Brown and Cal McGregor sitting there doing that dirty work. It allows our forward players to get forward. And I thought Forrest sort of marked out the game, but once we got into the second half, he came into it a bit more and as we've seen when Celtic got the penalty. Didn't get the first one from Ryan Christie for no, some strange yeah. reason. But we got the second one. It was cute from Forrest, but it was still a penalty. And that's that's what you get from those quick feet. We keep maybe saying that maybe Rens are a bit better levels up, but Celtic have got good players as yeah. well. And for that team that's went up against PSG and beat them twice the last two times they've played them, we matched them. And at times I thought we... We were the better team. Yeah, could, definitely could we, have won. Absolutely, we could have yeah. won that game. I, I don't think we deserved to win it quite because yeah. chances were pretty even, but we did not, definitely did not deserve to lose it. We de- deserved to get something out of it. And as you said, I thought this would be the toughest away game. Yeah. Right. And it, I'm, I'm now looking forward to Celtic away games rather than pushing that couch of yours <laughs> out a bit so I can get behind it. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to see and to come away, not get the penalty, give away a silly one, get her own penalty and Ryan Christie stuck it away emphatically right into the side yeah, don't save those a bit of doubt obviously when a player steps up to take a penalty in Europe for Celtic into their ultras as well that's yeah. where they were behind the goal and uh, he went over to the fans and gave them a wee bit yeah. as well I like that as well so we answered a lot of questions on uh, Thursday night and I just thought we're looking really good it is still early in Neil Lennon's time a couple of games, a couple of injuries, it could all go wrong. But right now, everything's looking rosy. And to come away from that with, with a point, you're looking at your home games if you win two of them and maybe draw one. Yeah. And then you're aiming to get, well, for me personally, I'd aim to get four points away from home from the start of the group. Yeah. I'd have picked Lazio and Cluj as the ones to target. Yeah, right. We've already done better than expected. And it takes a lot of pressure off us not going into the second game on zero points. Neil Poir will go, we'll take Cluj here and if we beat Cluj, we could be looking oh, pr- sitting yeah. pretty and then we've got Lazio at home. So if we get seven points from our first few games, that's an unbelievable start. Exactly. It's, it's miles away. but Yeah, and from the, on paper, I know that's not obviously how it works, but on paper, the most difficult game of the six, straight into the, quote, easiest one at home to close. I know that they're not going to be any pushovers. We've no. already experienced that this season um, in horrible reality oh. just a few months ago. But um, uh, yeah, if you're taking four points from the first two games, I think that's an absolutely excellent start. And as I say, it's not going to be a walkover. You don't, you wouldn't like to say that it's a, it's a given to beat close at home again, as we've already seen. But if you're not taking three points at home to the, the poorest 
team in the group, then you're probably going to struggle. So Celtic should really be aiming for that. And four points is an absolutely great start. Yeah, but even if we we were to draw with closure, well, I'd still I still think well we still get two home games plus we can take something from away games. I do think teams will take points off each other in this group. Yeah. As we've seen, most people would expect the Cluj to get beaten by Lazio, but they went there and got a cracking result. So I think it's going to be a lot like last year. Like I said last week, teams will take points off each other. And we've got Ren at home in the second last game. That could be a pivotal one. And it's going to be a feisty encounter because <laughs> yeah. the midfield battle there was brilliant. <laughs> there was some tackles in and a complaint about Celtic a lot of the time in, in Europe was just been so passive. Yeah, we didn't get soft. In. Yeah, very yeah. soft and didn't get... You don't want to use that usual Scottish... BBC sports sound mentality. We need somebody in there with a bit of dig. That's no. You need you need good footballers, but you need good footballers who are willing to sort of put it about and get yeah. in the other team's faces. You don't need to be flying in with stupid challenges, but we did. We got in their faces. Christy, um, got bio, on, uh, but well, more, bio more to come. Uh, <laughs> even Johnny Hayes flying in there and tackles. Oh, what a tackle! Let's let's talk about that actually. We'll Johnny. speak about the yeah. ref first because I, I said to you in the first half, this ref looks a bit spicy. There was just <laughs> something about him. I thought, he, he likes to be a bit of the centre of attention, doesn't he? And boy, did he come well, in the second half because he lost the plot. You said Celtic had answered a lot of questions on the night and do you know who really needs to do the same after that game? <laughs> that ref. Mr. Referee. That was one of the worst refereeing performances I can remember in any competition I've seen in football. Just recently... Um, I'm he, sure there are worse, but his decisions didn't really affect the match. No, you're but right. It yeah. just let it just made the match descend into chaos for I'm the last ten minutes. Yep, I said that in the match companion. I'm glad about that because I came away from that game thinking, "Yep, that was good." weren't really robbed of anything. It was a deserved point for both teams. Yep. I don't think any team was markedly better than the other. I think a draw was fair, and I'm so glad that the ref didn't completely ruin it because. He was terrible for both teams, so yeah. no one came away with any any bigger grievances than others. I, d- I didn't think. I thought he was horribly out of his depth. Uh, it looked at the time. I don't know if he's ever likely to get another European game again. Um, He'll be critiqued on that. Yeah, he will not be getting good marks. He just didn't seem to be. It was the whole game as well. It was just there were a lot of bookings flying around, and then there were things that you think you thought should have been booked, but that were just yeah. allowed to go. And then it culminated in the most ridiculous decision of the game. The bio comes on for Edward. Yeah, um, looking a bit leggy. Which yeah, that would, that's absolutely fine. That's again, what bio's for. Yeah, doing plenty of dirty work up there. Yeah. He, he, he was feeding off scraps at some points, but he did hold up play. He did come into it, and he could have had a goal in another day. Did that wee dance through it again? Yeah, he get booked for a wee dive as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot oh, about come that. On. But anyway, the biohazard comes on, starts putting himself a bit, a bit, gets booked, deservedly so, because he led with the arm. It wasn't terrible, it wasn't like a massive elbow, but he led with his arm across a defender's face and got booked for it. I thought that was perfectly fine. But the sending off itself, ludicrous. Um, yeah. When you see it at first, the ball goes through, and then Cham shot, biohazard on the edge of the... Biohazard, that wasn't hazard. <laughs> has it on the edge of the box. He lays it off to Cham, who takes a speculative shot from, from distance. The keeper makes a mess of it, spills it at Bayo's feet about halfway between the two players. So he has to absolutely go for it. At the last second, he looks like he's pulled out and he just sort of jumps off to the side and looks like he's maybe, at the best, dragged his left foot along the keeper's arm, like Grazed brushed him. it, yeah. And the, the, I've seen it back again. Like we said it at the time on the match campaign, I've seen it back again and the ref waves it away. Not interested at all. Multiple times, yeah. 
he, he wants to play on. Then one of the Rennes players gets in the ref's face and points back, at which point the ref decides to go back and re-examine it. Now, this isn't VAR we're talking about. There's nothing to look at. There's no evidence. He just goes back, has a look at the keeper and decides to send Bio off. There's no supporting evidence given from other officials that we know of that I've certainly not seen any of that. You um, said when we were watching it, like... Then I rest, maybe he's busted wide open. Yeah, yeah, I thought Get a that. bit of colour about him, but <laughs> yeah. it was nothing. Claret. He just stood up and you said, well, we'll see if he's got his cut or grazed or anything. Yeah, like, that's the, the evidence skirt. that something has happened. He yeah. stood up nothing. and he was absolutely no, fine. Not like, Ref, you have been absolutely conned there. It was a shocker of a decision, but... What's the basis, though? I don't know. Surely he has to explain that. To, not to us, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not so bothered about that, but surely he must be asked about that. Why did you change your mind? Because refs, you can't just go changing your decision willy-nilly <laughs> on the pitch based on nothing. You can't go up to an, a supposedly injured player and ask, by the way, I waved play on there, but what did he really do? And big, he Big boy hit me. Yeah, the big boy hit me, big bio hit me, and then make a red card decision on that. Yeah. It's, Again, inexplicable and indefensible. I don't really know. Again, I'm just glad that it didn't, that it wasn't ridiculous. I'm just glad that after that, Ren didn't run up the park and score. Robin no. Celtic of a point. I'm just glad that the, the sort of, you know, right result came through in the end. Yeah, it was lucky that the, the game stopped when it did because it was starting to get challenges. The, yeah. the Johnny Hayes one, absolute peach for a tackle. Guy can Best since Jozo and Miller. Oh, it was, a, it was lovely <laughs> stuff. Catches the guy, but that, that happens in football, so he, he's squealing away, but he came on back fine. But the referee, it was strange because by the Renner went down to 10 men because that guy had to go off with a head knock from when Bio challenged him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the ref was maybe. That'll never catch on, by the way, going off after a head knock. Oh, don't know what they're thinking said about. Said it, pussy. <laughs> And uh, so he doesn't come back on, which means Renner down to 10 men. But do you, you wonder, does the ref sort of try to even it up? Because maybe he could have sent off Bio for that. But when we see when Bio's going in for these challenges, he's obviously trying to put himself about, so to speak. Yeah. But he's not very good at it. Hmm. And that is why he, he went in with the elbow first. He's trying to make an impression. He's trying to show he's working hard but he's no good at it and it looks clumsy and it's given away fouls yeah. and he had a couple of fouls and then with that one it was just maybe totting up and with the crowd behind him where the, their player going off is maybe played on the ref's mind but he has to get better at that side of his game because he, these are the games we need yeah. them to come on for the last 10-15 minutes and do something whereas he was just giving away silly fouls time and time again. It may sound like a ridiculous comparison but what I actually put him in mind of was Dion Dublin at Celtic. Now he used to come on and swagger on like giving it the big Billy Big Bollocks <laughs> and all that. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah, as, as legend has it but he used to swagger on and put himself about, start bullying defenders for Celtic late on in games. Wasn't he the greatest at scoring goals for Celtic? Obviously, only got the one or two. But what he would come on and do is put himself about and start like physically dominating defenders. But he he had it up there. Yeah. And I'm pointing to my head. It, like he had a long career of being able to do that. So he came on and he was in his element and he knew exactly what to do under Gordon Strachan's instruction. Bio's not got that yet. No. He's, he's not been around the block enough times to to get away with that. And he. He didn't deserve to be sent off, but no. he, he got himself into a situation. I think he bitten off a little bit more than he could chew because he, he just it was pretty much relentless fouling after yeah. he came on. And it's just something he's going to have to learn. But the problem is he's not played a lot of football in the last no. ne nearly year. The unluckiest uh, guy at Celtic Park because you look at his career so far. He signed 
immediately got injured, spent a bit of time kind of rattling around the reserves. Didn't get on for his debut because something <laughs> happened <laughs> and the substitution get cancelled. Got injured again, comes back in, plays, starts a game, scores two goals, gets them both chopped off, back at the team, and then he comes back in and gets sent off after about five minutes after he comes back in in a European game. It's not going well for Bio so far. It's not. It's, it's a, a worry as well because that's him suspended. Griffith's got a slight injury there yeah. now. So if Entworth, God forbid, had happened to Edward before the next game, no. we're light up top again. It's centre defence and up front where we're looking a bit ropey. But if Edward's all right, we should be fine. But these are the times where you away performances. We can't expect by Edward to play for 90 minutes. No. It's sometimes a really thankless task up there. And again, like Brown and McGregor, he probably done a lot of dirty work that wasn't, as you said, as visible to us yeah. uh, watching the game as it he probably did so it's just an unfortunate thing that the second yellow card wasn't avoidable because he didn't do anything wrong but no. the first one if he's just a bit more savvy he doesn't do that other contentious stuff that happened really as I say there were bookings flying in Scott Brown got booked for a kind of weird scissor challenge yeah. but as I, I said on the match companion I had a wee bit of sympathy for him because it was a bit of a silly challenge just on the, the looks of it but he sat in the ball and that kind of carried him into the guy a wee bit. So it was just a kind of unfortunate thing. Other than that, it was just, as I said, just a, a really good, solid, mature result yeah. from a from a Celtic team that were not able to necessarily bank on that happening in recent years. Yeah, I can't say any better than you. It was mature, it was professional, even though we went away to a team that is a good team. Yeah. We didn't look out of place. No, absolutely We didn't look out no. of place. We battled hard. But we played good football as well and that's exactly what you want to see. You want to be going into these games thinking we've got a chance here. We're not going to get absolutely demolished. And it, no. I never felt like that at all. If anything, getting towards the end of the game, I thought we could have been the team that nicked it. So as, as we said earlier, next up is Cluj. I think we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll talk about that game as it nears. But confident for that one, we, we need, for a number of reasons, need to get a win there for revenge, for points for for everything really we just need to go and get get them smashed at him but as i say we'll talk about that uh, when it's coming up smash that clunge <laughs> hibs up next in the league after the thistle game uh, during the week so it's, they're poor this season well this thistle just get rid of old g caldwell yeah and we Kenny, McCall, isn't that yep, again? Yeah. Kenny Miller was stepped in so I thought he's going to be in the touchline but he'll probably be playing now Ian McCall Fissel were his team so I think when they I don't think I think he said multiple times the guy the chairman at Ayer oh, I can't quite remember his name he just raves about him because he gave him another chance when nobody else did and yeah. Fissel's probably the only job he did left there for not looking in good state but He's obviously, it's his team, so he's went back there. Lives about there as well. Yep. Handy for him. And Hibs as well, another team that might not have a manager yeah. by the time they play. Because From one sacked manager to a, to a near enough sacked manager, Paul Second Bottom, as he's <laughs> unfortunately branded. Now, nicknames are bad names. Paul Second Bottom, he must be gutted over that. <laughs> yeah, he's not had a good start to the season. I think people thought when he came in, he'd sort of got Lennon's team that Lennon lost control and he's yeah. done well but once they got into the top six they, they've been absolutely pathetic they, they're on our team that look really soft the bounce as well and truly yeah. flattened on that eye. they play I think they play Kilmarnock during the week in the League Cup so hopefully they, they don't get a good result in that but not 
one too bad that they sack him before no. it because you don't <laughs> want the new manager bounce before next week. But it's a good opportunity because we struggle at Easter Road. We've struggled a lot of times there recently. We've not won, we've not been playing well there for a long time. So I think if we can go into that, Heckenbottom still in charge, rest a couple of players during the week, it's all, it's all looking good. Well, after Thistle, we could like, face Kenny Miller and then if Paul Heckenbottom gets sacked, who started his career at Hibs and could take over the role? Kenny Miller. So we could, <laughs> we could probably just roll straight from one Kenny Miller team into another this week. Yeah, it would, would not be nice, <laughs> would it? It wouldn't surprise me either. What, what, what would you do on Wednesday night? Because you want to make changes, but you don't want to mm. make too many changes so that, that look, Fistel are really poor. They're, they think they're bottom of the championship, aren't they? Yeah. Managers just come in. He might not even be in charge for the game. He probably will be because he got the job last, last night. But... It's not an ideal game for Well, it's a free hit for him, really, but yeah. we've not lost a cup competition for years. This is the first trophy up for grabs. Fissel at home, we should be getting through and getting into the semi-finals in our day at Hamden, but do you, do you change all 11 players? Mm, the defence could be tricky. Yeah, defence in central midfield, we've not got many options. No, I, I would be tempted to make changes at fullback and just put Taylor in because he's going to need his place sometime. We're, we're better to get him a, a game. His golly has had, he's picked up a couple of knocks here and there, so maybe an ideal chance to rest him. But then do you really want to destabilise your defence entirely because Julian's taking a knock as well. Ayer's not long back from an injury. Yeah, well, maybe it'd be... I think Craig Gordon will probably start and go, yeah. won't he? And then we could have Bauer at right back if he's fit. He should be... El Hamid could move inside one, Ayer and Greg Taylor, mm-hmm. even though that has changed a lot. The quality's not dramatically yeah. dropped, has it? And then if we're going into midfield, and Cham and Rogic should probably start, wouldn't they? So... He, is just who starts beside them, but both Brown and McGregor could probably do a rest. But I'd say it'll probably be Brown that plays because he's had the international break. No, that's so. true, yeah. But then out wide, El Yunusi yeah, deserves a game at home. But then yeah. do you play Forrest on the other side, or could the Schwed deserve a game? Probably not. He's nah. not been anywhere near it. Schwed recently, I think the, the last we heard of Schwed, it was that was not pulling his weight in training. It's not good enough. Doesn't seem to have changed the situation because he's not been he's not been in a squad as far as yeah. I'm aware in the last couple of weeks. So I, I wouldn't imagine he's close to playing um, if he's not even making the bench. Bio maybe does Bio well, you, to get could a start. play Johnny Hayes or Lewis Morgan yeah. on the right hand side. Not ideal, but we, or maybe El Unis could play out there and Hayes out in the left. Bowen goalie could play further up. There's, there's options, but you don't. You just need to get that balance where you've got options, but not everybody's not much sharp. So you're a bit because we really need to win this game as well. You don't want to be going out the cup and giving any of the other teams a chance to. No, especially Fissel at home. This it should be a walk. Ah, definitely. Um, and as I said earlier, is Lennon sowing a wee seed here? Is he mentioning specifically mentioning guys like Lee O'Connor and Frimpong? Because he's got he's got immediate plans for them. Lenny knows he'll be at the game regardless, but see if they're playing. Oh yes, lovely. Yep. We'll talk about that next week. There will be a melee at the match covering the Partick Thistle game as well. Yes, hopefully so, Hibs if I'm lucky yeah. enough to get a ticket. But we speaking of see. Kenny Miller, oh, do we have? To? <laughs> yeah, yeah, more about Kenny Miller. But this is this is a bittersweet one as we record this. It's the twenty third of September. It's thirteen years. Can you believe it? To the day since Celtic beat Rangers two 0 at Celtic Park with Kenny Miller scoring his first goal for the not, club. Not for me, Stephen. <laughs> no. No. Celtic won 1-0 that day. Thomas <laughs> Gravison scored. Yeah. Just like they beat Benfica, 1-0. 
I watched the the video of this. Um, I love the Gravis and Goal. Yeah, Gravis and Goal is absolutely it. brilliant. It's the Kenny Miller goal was great as well. It's just unfortunate he put it in because McGeady's work for oh. that goal was absolutely sensational. Um, McGeady, who we've talked about before, has an unfair rep as having had no end product in his game. Absolutely brilliant in this because Rangers that wasn't a great team. But let's face it, that no, was that terrible. was Paul Le Guin's mob, wasn't it? Well, that was two thousand six. The first goal. Uh, the ball comes out to Lennon who puts in a delicious ball into Beckham-esque the box. Beckham-esque swing. Speaking of wingers that don't score many headers, Aidan McGeady heads it and uh, McGregor, the commentator, says good save, but it wasn't because it, it was going in anyway. Yeah. But it's just Tommy Gravison absolutely bites the ball into the <laughs> net. It, just let it go in, but no, he had to go and smash it in and he went mental as well. He loved it. Telfer. Lennon. It's a great save, but out of luck, Gravison following up, where are the defence of Rangers, two players clearly unmarked, the first header and Gravison with no one anywhere near him. Both of his goals for Celtic against Rangers were most enjoyable, the other the one was an one absolute belter, yeah, yeah, smashed it in from a, a tight angle, that was the one where, was it him, him Danny scored the equaliser? Yeah, I think that was game. a great yeah. goal, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't do an awful lot in his time at Celtic, but there was those two goals which will always be remembered. They scored a hat trick against St. Mirren. Fox St. Mirren. I thought it was maybe Falkirk or maybe it other one. Maybe it was one of the two. Yeah. But just a guy that why did it not work out? It should have worked out. Gravison and Yarisic and they weren't very good. No. I don't I just don't get it. But we we very ill disciplined position wise and Gordon Strike didn't like that. He probably more suited to a midfield three, but we only played the two. The team was Boric, Telfer, Caldwell, McManus, Naylor. Classic defence that. Nakamura, Snow came off, came off the bench for Nakamura. Lennon, Gravison, Pearson, McGeady, Vinegar, Refesling, Miller, and Zaravsky came on for Miller. Uh, Pearson came off the bench for Gravison in the 78th minute, or 87th minute. So, Yep, they will. Uh, Ed McGeady, he, he nearly gets the first goal and then he's worked for the second goal, as you say, gets in the left hand side, beats a player, cuts inside, and puts a lovely through ball. He, some wee rat to run on. You know, that, that was the 23rd of September. Yeah. That's his first goal for Celtic. there for Rangers. <laughs> Aidan McGeady now going on the prowl. And he slips it through for Miller. Kenny Miller! At last! A goal for Celtic! And wouldn't you just know it? It comes against his former club. It comes against Rangers. It was Rangers' fifth game in a row against Celtic without scoring. Yep. Glory days. And when you see Kenny Miller scoring, you, I, pro- I celebrated back at the time because you don't know what he does after it. I was never happy when I'm signing him. No. But look at him beating the chest and running away <laughs> like an absolute scumbag as if it's someone he's rivals. He doesn't care, against. does no. he? He doesn't care. Any badge will do for Kenny Miller. Any You'll kiss it. And I suppose that'll about do us for this week's podcast. I feel like these are actually longer when Jamie isn't on it. Do we waffle? I think we do, and <laughs> he sort of brings a wee bit of... Yeah, he's a bit more controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we I miss can't... him when he's not around, but Aye. don't tell him that. 
Yeah, and that will about do it. You've heard us talking about Patreon a couple of times tonight for we cover the games, match companion or mail at the match style. Um, we've also had the return of the O'Neill years, which is oh. probably our most popular podcast we did, and it was a big one. We travelled back in time, match companion style, to cover the, the big one. The greatest. Celtic 6, Rangers 2. What do you think, Melly? Best podcast we've ever done. That most enjoyable, sensational. (laughs) It was sensational. Probably, again, probably my favourite podcast we've ever recorded. It was absolutely great. And it's been going over quite well as well. Oh, it was very enjoyable. Just looking back on it, it was just the best. As Jamie said, it was the most pivotal game of the 21st century. And I think he's right in the Larson goal. Most iconic goal since Lisbon, really. It's just unbelievable. And to watch the game again, it was a good game as well. It It was brilliant. We talked for... An hour and a quarter, I think it was, about one game. Nearly <laughs> <laughs> enough how long the game was. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So check it out if it, if it at all uh, tickles your fancy. Um, elsewhere, we have also had Having a Rank, which is, again, probably the best one of those we've had out so far. Tom, oh, the Steve Guppy story yeah. was unbelievable. <laughs> Tom of the Having a Rank podcast uh, runs down as A to Z of Celtic's unsung heroes. There's a few surprises in there, a few few personal choices, but overall, absolutely hilarious. I was out <laughs> listening to it, just walking about listening to it, and I bust out laughing Same. in front of some workies, and they were all laughing at me because yeah. I, I giggled in front of them. That's an absolute no-no. Uh, the Friday phone-in with you and yours truly here, we, we covered the, the, <laughs> the Friday phone-in. Yeah, again, very silly, very enjoyable, and... It's all down to the listeners yep. and the, the listeners who submit the questions. It's always tremendous fun to do. Coming up, as this was recorded Monday night, we will be dropping another History Boys Abroad. They have, oh, yes. They're about to release their latest episode and won't give anything away, but it features one of the world's greats, the one of the most influential, arguably the most influential footballer of all time oh. playing at Celtic Park. So tune in for that one. And as I say, well, there will be more game coverage. There will be mail at the match for Patrick Thistle. We'll hopefully get something done for the, the Hibs game as well. Um, and you can check out all of these things at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims if, if anything at all grabs your fancy. Thanks to everyone who listened. Thanks to everyone who submits reviews on iTunes. They're, they're always, again, highly entertaining as yep. well. We get some right hilarious ones in. Very recent one in the style of Ric Flair. <laughs> it seems like Ric Flair has left us an, a review on iTunes. So thanks, Nature Boy with an H. Um, we'll be back next Monday to cover all the all the news, reviews, and happenings in the world of Celtic. And we'll be looking forward to the return of that that Romanian lot, Cluj. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.